Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fine edition of The Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as The Icons. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's go. It, this is the most wonderful time of the year. What about Christmas? I am so happy that it's October oh. because... It's baseball season. Oh, okay. This is the real baseball season, ladies and germs. It's where the rubber meets the road. It sure is. And boy, oh boy, is and it the road going meets down. The rubber. Think about this. We have the, the playoffs are set. Thought we were going to have to have a one-game playoff or maybe several one-game playoffs, but it worked out so that uh, the, the wild cards are there. Dub C versus Dub C hmm. going straight up and down. We're going to hold off on our baseball uh, action when... Just recap the NFL real quick about uh, Sunday, 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 because there's a team up in the Bay that's playing pretty well. well why'd you have to bring that up? Uh, there's a team that's not playing so well in the Bay, and their name is the Niners, but the team that's playing well's name is the Raiders, uh, and everybody knows, except for the icons, because he doesn't want to admit the truth, because he can't handle the truth. <laughs> the truth of the matter is Jack Del Rio may be the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> Okay, Boston Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter is, the Raiders look serious. They have a long way to go. Obviously. I wouldn't say look serious. They look better, but they don't look serious. I don't know what what else can you do. There's just just nothing to this guy is like the Trump supporter. It like, doesn't that. doesn't matter. Don't say that. What happens? He is going to bash the Raiders. It, it, it just it doesn't matter. I agree with Donald Trump now that. He could shoot somebody in the middle of Times Square and his ratings would go up. <laughs> and the same thing goes for the icons. He just cannot see the fact that at this point today, the Raiders are one of the toughest teams in the league. The toughest teams? They have some of the worst defense in the league. They still they went out of their way to try to blow that game. And what, what was the end result? They won. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Raiders. Okay. Raiders. Okay, but at the end of the season, we'll see. Yeah, at the end of the season, it's Highlander. There can be only one, <laughs> yeah. and that's in every sport. So I, I don't even want to hear about that. As of right now, the Raiders are just sitting just as pretty as anybody in the league. Live high off the hog, my friend. Live high off the hog. I'm going to live high on the hog is the phrase, by the way. But <laughs> Well, I like the, to live high off the hog. Uh, that's up to you. Then <laughs> Sometimes the hog gets to get you high. <laughs> get your swine on. <laughs> if, you're, if your hog does mushrooms, you will live high <laughs> off the hog. But I tell you, the Raiders, they look good. I was so impressed with the comeback. The defense seemed like they got worn down, which isn't actually anything to be ashamed of in the sense that they were in Baltimore and being in Baltimore against a team that does have a real defense. They have and, a real defense. And, and has a, a, a great coach because uh, them hardball boys, they know how to coach some football. I'll tell yeah. you that much. I got a feeling they know how to coach probably a little bit of everything. They, they, <laughs> I saw that special on talking about them playing baseball and everything. Those guys they're seem, serious. Yeah, they're, they're, very they're serious competitors. Yeah, exactly. Very intense. They don't take it, you know, lightly. Anything. No. Yeah, exactly. They, you saw when they played against each other. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, it's. I just, I feel like I was, I had full confidence. I was watching the game. I was in sunny Las Vegas, and I was watching that game, and when Flacco came down and marched, it looked like, it looked kind of grim for the Raiders. Uh, Crab made that, right. that big catch before that. And I was like, wow, the Raiders look like they're making noise. But then the defense let them back in the game. They took the lead, 27 to uh, 21. 
And if you check my Twitter timeline, you will see that I, I never got too nervous. I felt like the comeback was was in order. And that's exactly what happened. We need a nickname for Derek Carr because he is out there dealing. Let's call him. That's dealing Derek. Uh, Cobra Carr. Go Cobra Carr. <laughs> is it yes, like- Sensei. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call him Cobra Core. Cobra Carr. <laughs> Cobra Carr is out there doing it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that kid's got ice water in his veins. He's not scared at all. I'm I'm seriously but impressed. Let me ask you this. What about Amari Cooper? Are they using him as a decoy pretty much? Because Crab is definitely the primary receiver. Crab is the man. Yeah. And I'm happy because he's the on sorry, my fantasy team. The sorry receiver like Crab is showing don't up. Ever <laughs> come at me with sorry receiver like Crab. In the words of Richard Sherman. That's outstanding. I need that sound bite. But yeah, no, Crab, man, he's out there. Political standings aside, that dude is out there playing football and he's making veteran catches. You can see it. Right. He's he running the, crisp routes. Right. He beat the defense. I mean, he hey. got over the top. And Derek Carr put it right over he his shoulder. He put it right on the money. The and money. he gave you professional work, dragged his foot, dragged one foot, got the other foot in, dragged the toe. That's professional work. I, I'm, I'm really played. impressed. I think that the, um, even the Ravens, you know, didn't expect something like that. Obviously, they didn't expect it. They, I mean, it was a double move. That was the thing that was yeah, crazy yeah, about but it. But the safety was over the top already. See, then he bit the first move. <laughs> Both the safety and the DB bit the first move because he did that fake out, and then it looked like they were going to try to throw short, right. and, and Cobra Carr was over the top. Mm-hmm. Perfect throw. If you put anything extra on that throw, it's out of bounds. You put anything under it, it might be picked. Can we move on? I mean, I don't know. I think I want to stay in Raiderland. <laughs> I like Oakland at this time Can of we year. Move on, it's nice please? and... <laughs> It's cold in the bay. It is, and it's ice cold in Derek Carr's veins. Is what it is. The Cobra he, Car. He's got venom. He's spitting venom out the Mars. He is. You got you got Khalil Mack still out there doing his thing. He he's not. Great. He does. And you know what's what I really appreciated from Jack Del Rio coming out and saying, you know what, his numbers may not be through the roof right now like they were last year, but now basically teams have made adjustments. They can emphasize on making sure he doesn't beat them, mm-hmm. but he's still a presence. He requires so much attention. That kid. Right. He's a really good athlete. Really, really good athlete. I was, I, I just, I can't say enough because honestly, the Ravens have been ban- playing better than I expected them to all year, except for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco looks terrible, which is amazing, Cause, right? Because Joe Flacco is one of the most underrated quarterbacks of the last five years, in my opinion. Uh, you know, he throws a deep ball. <laughs> that's what he can do is go long. But he looks like he, that's all he's looking for now. He's like yeah. that, that power puncher that's looking for that knockout. That's it. He yeah. needs, a, he needs a, to focus on the short game. I tell you what, when they became successful. Because they got dominated in the first half. When they became successful is when they came out, and this is a testament to Harbaugh, they came out and committed to the run in the second half. Right. And the Raiders didn't know what to do. They committed to that run, which opened up the pass. Steve Smith still got some in the tank. Uh, Steve Smith Sr. Wow. Wow, we burned them. Wow. I, it was a, that was an exciting game to it watch. Was. It was. All really, the way down to the last play. Yeah. Really, really good game to watch. So uh, really happy about the Raiders situation. Matter of fact, I don't even I'm I'm a, a naive fan right now. I'm so caught I'm so caught up in the web of baseball. I don't even know who the Raiders play next week. But mm. uh, I need to we'll look into to, that. Yeah, we have to look that up. <laughs> but um, yeah, moving on. I, I mean, how about that Monday night game with the Vikings? Wow, the real. Vikings are real. What's called the truth? Yeah, real. I, you know, they say Seattle has the number one defense, but I would go with the Vikings over the Broncos as well. Yeah, because 
they're shutting teams down. I mean, they shut Carolina down. They, yeah, you know, they're really, really physical. I've, I'd sort of, you know, I know that Denver doesn't like to be known as a dirty team, but they, they play a little dirty. They and they, they smack you. You know, not just in the mouth. Right. They smack you helmet to helmet. Right, and I don't they, see they that take guys the low. I don't see. I just see good strategy, yeah, and good execution exactly. with like superior athletes. Right, and disciplined play. Disciplined play. I think it really. Um, I think it, they seem like they really grew from blowing that game last year that ice bowl that they played against Seattle. Right. Seems like their organization grew. And for them to be doing this without Teddy Bridgewater or AP is, I mean, you just can't say enough about that, really. Well, you know, Sam Bradford's getting his chance to shine right now. Yeah. And I think and that, he was all world. It wasn't like he was, you know, it wasn't like he was a slouch. I think that he had got the raw deal earlier, though, you know. You think? Yeah, I, because he got put into that Chip Kelly, you know, scheme. And it didn't seem like it worked for anybody, not just for him, but anybody on the team. Jordan Matthews wasn't doing well. Uh, you know, they they just needed – he just needed to be out and free so he can call his plays and play his game. Play his game. Yeah, play his game. Uh, it's so important for all of these guys because, you know, these athletes, nobody really says it, but these guys are artists, you know, and then they, they – everybody has, paints with their own brush. Right. And Tom Brady calls a different game than Peyton Manning, than Big Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, how about Big Ben? And all those guys, they have their own, you know, they have their own angle. Right. They they have to have the freedom to play their game. To create. To create. Yeah, they're artists. That's what it is. Yeah. And so, but let's go back to that. How about Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday big night? Ben gave you the big Ben. I think a lot of it was due to Le'Veon Bell coming back. Uh, you you predicted that. Yeah. You predicted that. And he, they, man, they made it ugly on Kansas City. Man, but Le'Veon Bell, I just, more than anybody, I mean, that guy changes the whole game around. He can line up in the slot. He can, he can run for 120 yards. He can, you know. He can do it all. He can do it all. If he can stay on the field, if he, he can, can do it all. If he can stay on the field, he can do it all. He, he's the best running back in the game. You would oh, have wow. To you, go with him, you go with him being the best. I, it's hard you have to, to go with him in that being, system. But, in, mm. but if I went with a better or the best running back in the game, I would actually go with Todd Gurley. He's just in a bad situation. Uh-huh. So, and you seem to have very strong feelings about Ram time, bro. Yeah, Rams. I, they're disappointing. They're winning, but it's disappointing. Why did they air out of your tire? What happened? Because I, you know, I, I think somebody walked up behind me, just pinched my tire. <laughs> what was it? A pin? <laughs> why? Why? They're but, winning, but it, it's smoke and mirrors. New England, as you predicted, uh, and contrary to Boston Mike's theory, <laughs> so much for sixteen and zero, Boston Mike. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, New England got their hats handed to them for the first time in in Foxborough like that in like since the existence of the team. <laughs> they said since your man Bill Parcells turned the, the franchise around, that's the first time they got smacked around like that. Wow. And that I think that, that what the Buffalo Bills are one and thirteen up there now. Man, but that one was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was total domination. Yeah, but you know you can only get away, uh, get away with it for so long. I am, and I'm still impressed with how long Bill Belichick got away with it. Yeah, if somebody would have said that the Pats will be three and one on a four game suspension from touchdown, Tommy, I would be amazed. And and they, he's coming back. You know he's going to come back with a vengeance. I'm predicting four to five touchdowns uh, coming up against Cleveland. I'm sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cleveland. And they might be on foot. He might actually. I think Tom Brady's going to line up in the I formation, and he's going to be the center, the quarterback. The fullback and the running back. I think he's all all hey, man half amazing. He's got to teach the league a lesson. You can't do that to Tom Brady. Come on. Why? Are you crazy? Why would you do that to Tommy Terrific? Because everybody hates him. They just hate him just for no good reason. Because he's got four of them. Not just. He's got four of them. He's got a, he's got a supermodel wife. 
He's got. He's living the life that everybody wants to lead, and everybody's so mad at him. him huh? <laughs> we can't beat him, and we will not join him. <laughs> we, we can't beat him, and we will hate him to death. But uh, I'm pretty, you know, I wow. But but how about those Cardinals? I mean, I'm very disappointed in the Arizona Cardinals, and I have their defense on my fantasy squad. So I think I'm gonna have to start starting the Raiders defense instead of the the Chargers, the Chargers, the Cardinals defense. Just got word from Ernie that the Raiders are playing the Chargers this week coming up. Yeah, which uh, it, the interdivision games are always difficult. But yeah. but uh, I, you know, at home, black hole coming off a victory like that, I think we're gonna be all right. I think they're gonna be in San Diego, right? Are they in San Diego, Ernie? No, they're in Oakland. Mm. O-Town, three, five, seven, get loose. Yeah, so, uh, huh. Wow. Wow. So you don't like the Rams. You don't like the Raiders. You like the Vikings. Who do you like? Who else do you the like? The Vikings. <laughs> no, you know, Carolina's having a lot of problems. A lot and, of problems. And, you know, you brought up a great point, which was that it doesn't seem like Cam Newton himself has ever recovered from that opening night uh, dirty play from the Broncos, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, that's those sledgehammers to the head. Yeah, helmet to helmet. Yeah, and I, he's playing in the fog. Man. And that hit that he took on Sunday was like running to a truck. Man. Oh, man, he got lit. You talking about when he went in the end zone? Yes. Helmet to helmet. And what about the guy who led helmet to helmet? Why would you do that? The thing <laughs> is, is that Cam Newton's like 6'6". Six, six. Yes. So, and, and those DBs are like 5'10". Those guys, you have to leap up to get that guy in the helmet-to-helmet yeah, I, I helmet scenario. I think that was a linebacker to hit him, though, this time. He lit him up. He lit him up. That was ugly. But I don't still don't understand where you can get away with that. And not only that, I haven't heard a fine being handed down yet. Not one. Not unbelievable. Where do you go that you get to hit somebody helmet-to-helmet? Helmet? You know, that Carson Palmer, they're talking about, they still didn't issue a fine for that. But Carson Palmer's probably going to be out for a long while now, they're saying. Yeah. Man, that guy, I feel like Carson Palmer, like... Is one of those people that after the game is over, mm-hmm. he's going to be in a lot of pain. He's, yeah. he's been really busted up over yeah. his professional career. A couple of knees, right? Tore that ACL, I think, two times? Got, two or three yeah, times? two or three times. He got the shoulder uh, shoulder issue. Several concussions? Yeah. Man, that's that's rough. Football's a rough way of making a living. I prefer doing it fake on TV <laughs> instead of doing it for real. Nice. Wow, and, you know, and those guys they they recommend that their players don't even um, their kids don't even play football. Most of the NFL players don't even want their kids to play. I mean, that's a pretty broad statement. I don't know about most of them. You think that nobody the NFL won't exist in the next generation? <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be their players to play. I don't know. They dude. go and get they go out. Well, a lot of the big time players say, "I wouldn't want my kid to play." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at our experience with John Matuzak, and you know how he used to feel. Yeah, how he used to say how he felt in the mornings after his career, and take him a couple hours to get up and get moving. Yeah, he has to do it one leg at a time. Serious business, man. That's not that's that's a serious sacrifice, and who knows how much money that's worth if there's a you know a monetary amount that you can assign to it. Yeah, remember the bus drone. He was talking about they had that special only before. He was talking about how long it takes him to come downstairs and everything else. Yeah, but when everybody sees him, he still gets to be the bus. He's still I the mean, bus. what's that? What's that? Like, what's up, bus? Oh, it's all good. <laughs> the, the bus is what's up. The bus, a bus. Yeah. Uh, wow. And then you had Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Wow. They lit the league up. Come on, man. I'm surprised nobody won that million dollars on FanDuel. Right. Because that's that was a those guys lit it up. But them and Ben Rodgers. I mean, Ben Rodgers lit it up too. The 500 yards is over the top. It's <laughs> over the top. Ryan. 300 yards to Julio Jones, though, by itself. Now, now, if you've given up Josh Norman and you give up then 500 yards to one quarterback in a week and your defense looks weak, 
How do you feel if you're the Panthers? Why don't you just pay the people that you're supposed to pay in the NFL? Why is it like that? Well, you know what? The number one quarterback, uh, the cornerback, got hurt that game, though. Their number one cornerback. So I don't, I don't know if he would have been able to. You probably could have contained him. I don't think that you could have held him. I don't even think Josh Norman could really hold him. Julio Jones, to me, although everybody, I love Anthony, Antonio Brown. Julio Jones, to me, he has the size that, you know, really makes the difference as being the best receiver in the league. Business is booming. I got to go with A.B. I got to go with Nino Brown. You know why? Because the routes are so crisp. Julio the, Brown. I'm Julio Jones. Julio Brown. <laughs> Julio Brown actually just made me a great play to ribs <laughs> from the Rib Shack in Gardena. It was a banging. I said, hey, Julio Brown. Yeah, rib tip. Pick it up. What, what sauce? Medium sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't I don't know about Julio Brown, but I mean myself, I'm going to stick with A.B. He's durable. He takes a licking and keep on uh, Julio. Julio, but Brown doesn't get hurt that much. Yeah, because he runs excellent routes. He I'm, knows how to avoid the contact. I just think that he's a smaller guy, and which, yeah, that helps. It that helps. actually helps you in football, unless you're Randy Moss Julio, when you're the, the bigger right. guy and they can't hold you. <laughs> Julio Jones, man, he's got crazy burners. He was just flat out outrunning the defense, just running by them. It's unbelievable. And I like I like Nino because he can go on special teams, but they could use Julio Jones like that as well. They just don't. I just it just you just pick your your style, I guess. Yeah, my style is the big man, the big man Julio Jones. Oh, shout out to Shaq Diesel. <laughs> just off top, big man, big man series, all time great. <laughs> what do you want from the Diesel? Yeah, wow, wow, NFL shaping up, right? I'm hearing that the teammates are calling for cap to start now. Now, did you see this? The protest is now trickling down to Pop Warner, to all yes. kind of there's all kind of people. As it should. As it should, because people are still being killed. American citizens are still being killed in the streets by the authorities. Yeah. Just this week, we had a few more. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I just I maintain like I did on the on the talk show when they asked me about it, which is, what is the win? You know, right? The end result. The end result. Are we looking for a law change? What is the demand? What's the ask? Obviously, in general, African-Americans are asking to not be targeted by the authorities, you know, for mm-hmm. being African-American. Right. Uh, but as far as Kaepernick and the football protest goes, what's the what's the ask? What's the win? Right. Because they started the conversation. But how do you? Yes. End, you know, and I guess you want to initiate a movement. But then after you initiate the movement, where do we go from here? Wow. Where do we go from here? Yeah. Know where I go? Where? To the 5-4 Club. What do you get there? Straight away. I get a box of clothes that comes every single month that's worth more than $150 for $60 a month. That's a great deal. It's unbelievable. I mean, you look fresh, you feel fresh. And let me tell you, fall is upon us. Winter's coming after that. You need your wardrobe right, fellas. It's no longer time for shorts and t-shirts. All right? Get some clothes. Get in the game. And find yourself a woman. This is what you want to do. And if you want to help with that, you let the stylist at the 5-4 Club help you out. Check it out, 5-4-Club.com. Put in promo code OMAR. And you just watch that discount you pick up. You watch and see. You're going to enjoy it. Thank me later in the words of Drake. So I was out in uh, in Las Vegas. What would you do? I went to the Bad Boy Family reunion tour. And it was incredible. Really? I mean, like really. Like really. Even though the artists were old and a little you know, a couple steps behind than what they were. I mean, this guy, I got so much respect for Puff Daddy, I can't front. This dude, he put together, the show that he put together was remarkable because, you know, if you're, you know, I would say 
If you're anywhere from 25 to 50 years old, you'll know most of the lyrics to all of the artist's songs. It, everybody came out. Faith Evans, 112, Lil' Kim. He even brought out people that weren't on Bad Boy. DMX. Bell Biv DeVoe came out and did Poison. That oh, was really? What? That was incredible. It was an incredible show. And uh and and I was just I was just blown away by the that sort of uh American dream coming to to fruition. You can see it, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And his best artist wasn't even there. Right. Clayton Kershaw didn't even pitch for him. Like his <laughs> right. best and he still dealt. He still balled. It was unbelievable. I mean, his best artist is Biggie and he's uh, no longer with us. And yeah. it just still was rocking. Place was jumping, man. Vegas was happening, and one of the other reasons it was happening because people were laying down wagers on this Major League Baseball playoffs, which is I mean bananas. Start. Where do you start? I guess we better start today because the game's about to start. By the time that uh, this podcast is up, you guys will be knee deep in playoff baseball. Goo <laughs> goo. So it's uh it's uh it's going down tonight. We got the Orioles and the Blue Jays. How do you feel about this game? We got Chris Tillman going up against Marcus Strowman. You know what? Both of these young guys came out and uh, pitched well this year, but I think that I don't know if they have the stamina. So I, it might turn out to be a little slugfest. More and so, that's, that's what John Gibbons, that's what the, the the Blue Jays coach, that's what he predicted. Yeah, because you both of these guys they're not like strikeout artists, so they pitch a little bit more to contact than you actually need against these two powerhouses. It's sort of unfortunate to see them play this early against each other. It would be nice to see them in a series. Right. Because, I mean, 19 games this year, they went 10-9. and nine. The Blue Jays have a one-game edge over them, which is why they're playing in Toronto. I would like to prefer to have Jay Happ start this game for me, though, more so than Marcus Stroman. I agree. Uh, but I don't have anybody else that I'd rather start at, uh, than, than Chris Tillman for, right. the, for the Orioles. Right. Uh, I, I, but when you come down to the sticks... Actually, I stay with Baltimore over Toronto because well, let's, let's read off these lineups for Baltimore. Well, let's, since you prefer Baltimore, let's start with the Blue Jays. You got uh, Devin Travis, nice. Josh Donaldson, the, the Uber MVP, nice. Uber nice. Edwin Encarnacion, crazy nice, crazy nice. Joey Bats, he's the bat, king of the bat flip. Russell Martin, who is a clutch player. I know, but he's not. Uh, he's not somebody who I fear. No, but he can hurt you when you're busy making you. when you're when you're busy trying not to make mistakes to those top four guys. He can he can sting you. Troy Tulowitzki, who I have to say has been somewhat surprisingly quiet. I'm not surprised though. Tulo was like on the slide a little bit when he left Colorado, and then he got hurt after that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Saunders at DH. Mm, it's a pretty slick move. Kevin Pillai. Yeah, see now you're getting into the defensive players. Uh huh. Ezekiel Carrera. I like that kid. That kid's got he's got a lot of heart. Crafty, uh, yeah. scrappy, as they yeah. say. I would put him in the category of an Angel Pagan type player. I, I can't put him up there with Angel. <laughs> I can't, but he's, but a, he's a, that a, type of player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel is a big-time ball oh, player. forget about it. And we're going to see it tomorrow yeah, night. You're going to see it tomorrow. Uh, and then on the flip side here, Baltimore's rolling out Adam Jones. <laughs> Are you crazy? Adam Jones, man. Uh, Hyunjo Kim. He's a, he's nice. He's a, he's. You know what I like about that combo? Is that Kim is like the only guy that's not a power guy. Right. He can hit the ball. He can hit. Yeah, he's, he's a three hundred guy. He's a hitter. Yeah, uh, with pop. Manny Machado. We can't even say enough about him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, realistically, coming. you're looking at if, if there was a way to get Nolan Arenado in this game, <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> these would be the best third baseman like for a long, long time in these games. Right. You got Donaldson, Machado, and and Arenado and Adrian Beltre are like. Super elite, top tier. 
Top tier. Okay, then we're back to Jumbo Trumbo, the major league leader in home runs. 47 bombs, man. Come on. 47 bombs. And the ball gets out of – well, they get out anywhere he hits them. But, but they, see, but look at that Look at that lineup. It's consistent. It's consistency. It, there's no There's no Russell Martin in there. Then That's, you got well, then you got the switch hitter, Matt Wieters, who then, hit two bombs on Sunday. Are you kidding? Then come on, man. Then you got Chris Davis, who's <laughs> hit a collective 150 home runs over the past couple seasons. Last, what, three seasons? Three, four seasons? The Orioles are serious business in this game. Then Jonathan Scope. Scopey. This is who I like in the lineup. Michael Bourne. You like MB. I love MB. Remember when we went out to yeah. Atlanta and we hung out with Michael yeah. Bourne? He's MB. a serious ball player. He is. He's a, he's he's a prepared shape. ball player. He's in great shape. And he understands the game. He understands situations, the game, and he has speed. This yeah. is what they, this is, in my opinion, the only weakness that they have is they don't have enough speed. And Toronto does have speed and they like to run, which might come out to be the difference in the game. Could be the difference in the game. And then you Still round that lineup off with J.J. Hardy, who likes to give you a random bomb. Right. <laughs> He loves to hit you twenty bombs. Now you know the downside to the um to the Blue Jays is that with Marcus Stroman he's going to pitch the contact. But the upside is if he could keep more than you know not get two runners on base at the same time because Baltimore lives for the three run bomb. You know, so if you can shut that three run bomb down, you can keep the game pretty tight. You can keep it tight, and and you know what? And I don't get the feeling that Baltimore is interested in adjusting their strategy <laughs> at all. <laughs> playoffs, non-playoffs, stick ball out front at the sandwich shop, wherever you are, they're looking for a three-run bomb. They're looking for a three-run bomb. Yeah, and and, and Toronto can make the adjustments. Toronto will steal you a bag. They'll steal you a bag. They'll bun a runner over. Yeah, even Russell Martin will steal you a bag, which is big. Yeah, which is big. Matt Wieters is not stealing you a bag. Yeah, he's not stealing you a bag. He's not stealing you a bag. So this is now let's be a go, great game. This should be a great game because then when you I'm go like, to the bullpen, you got to give the edge to the Orioles. Yeah, exactly. And the forget about closing. Zach um, Britton is unhittable. Zach Britton's the best closer forget in baseball. Forget about scoring. If if they are up in the eighth inning, the game is over. That's Light, that's it. Lights out. Zach Britton can get you six outs. Yes. And he can get you six outs with like the tying run on third with no outs. He's yeah. got that kind of like Mariano Rivera kind of stuff. And he can go through your heart of your lineup. He he will go through the heart of your yeah. lineup. I can't say the same for Ozuna, even though Ozuna's no. young and he's he's, he's he's got power stuff. Yeah. But you feel like he could implode. Well, we saw it. I saw it last year. Mm-hmm. I saw it a couple times. Uh, I can't remember who that was that hit that monster grand slam off of him. Might have been David Ortiz. In, right. uh, we didn't think that he was going to bounce back. Ever I did, after and, that. and he did bounce back. Yeah, he bounced back. He's young. He brushed it oh, off. Oh, you know who it was? I think it was Salvador Perez. It was the, it was it was the Royals. It was Salvi. It was somebody on the Royals that really hurt him. Last year on the Royals mm. run, I can't remember who that was. Remember? Because they got past the Rangers with Joey Bats and the bat flip, mm-hmm. and then somebody took Osuna deep. In a big situation, I didn't think he was going to bounce back. And he had a great year this year, to be honest. Speaking of the Rangers, I'm actually going to take the Rangers. To win it all. Yeah. yeah. Over the National League as well. If the Dodgers make it, I don't think they can beat the Dodgers. But if if anybody else but the Dodgers, I think that they're going to make it. The Rangers have everything you need. Yeah, they have a bullpen. They have power. They have speed. They have consistency. They got starters. They have have hitters. They got – they they can – Defense. Come on, man. They're violent. They can run Rooney O'Door can bust your nose if, if you need. You want to go to the parking lot? He's there for you. <laughs> He's there. He's Meet there. me at section one hundred two. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love the fact that your Rooney O'Door is from the hood. He got to be. You know what I'm saying? He got to be from the hood. Swear he chunk like, like that. Come a Latin on now. ball player. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No. 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 But let's stick to these games. This game, I think, I do. I wonder. I need to check what the over under is. I don't expect it to be the under. This game, I expect some runs to get sh- scored. You know, Marcus Stroman has been dealing as of late. He has, but 
Marcus Stroman also has that tendency to be over-emotional. Yeah. Which then causes him to walk guys, which then sets up that three-run bomb that Baltimore is, <laughs> is looking, is, is for, looking for. And they can hit as many of them as they need. Yes. If you if you pitch the contact with Baltimore, he needs to have a game like he had the other day in Houston where he struck out 11 guys, right. 12 guys. But no, but you know what? Baltimore has a little bit more discipline than, than Houston players. Yeah. yeah. Just a little, though. Boston, I mean, uh, Baltimore likes to strike out a lot as well. Yeah. But I think that, you know, what really comes down to me in this game is the umpire behind the plate. It's going to be interesting because if they have a wide zone, yeah. they might you might look at a, a 14-11 game. Yeah. No, if they have a tight zone. If they, zone. they have a tight zone. Tight zone. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Tight zone is going to be a problem. But then that loose zone, this is where it works against Marcus Stroman because he can't control his emotions. I, I feel the same way. It's, I think it's going to be telling early. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to come out. I expect Baltimore to come out and jump out. I expect Baltimore, I think Adam Jones gets it started. I think Adam Jones might even swing at the first pitch of the game just to see what he can do. He likes to swing at the first pitch. He, he's an aggressive dude. He's mm-hmm. not looking for a walk ever. And Manny Machado is a hitter. He's the best hitter on the, in their lineup. Maybe the best hitter in the league. Yeah. <laughs> so he, just, he's, he's, he tapered off a little bit because he got tired, you know, but he's he's like a top-tier hitter. He's not just a slugger. 35 bombs, combating the threes. But this is how I feel on the low about Edwin Encarnacion on the other side. Yeah. Josh Donaldson is a triple crown threat, so he can do everything. Yes. But you back him up with Edwin. I've seen Edwin tie and win games with home runs. I've also seen him get that nice double in the right center field gap that you need. I've seen him sack fly. That guy's a sound ball player, and the Reds shouldn't have gave up on him when they did. Yeah, he was young. But another thing that you have to look at in this series is defense. And when you go to defense, you have Manny Machado and Adam Jones. <laughs> Adam Jones and Scobie. And you got J. a nice J. Hardy. And JJ Hardy's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean And Chris Davis, Chris Davis can pick it at first yeah, base. The weak link is Mark Trumbo if they have him out there, but he might not even I be think out he's there. a DH. If he's a DH, then that works out well for them. Yeah. I think but he's otherwise, a DH. you're talking about, you know, a serious, serious issue. The defense is going to be key in these games. Now who calls a better game? Matt Weeders or Russell Martin? I would definitely go with Matt Weeders. I, listen, I'm just I don't don't get offended, brother. I'm hey, just man. asking you don't a question. Don't ask about Matt Weeders. <laughs> we you are, we on a podcast, dude. Relax. Hey, I gotta man. ask questions. Meet me in section 102. No, why? <laughs> Where's Julio Brown with my rim tips? <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, this is gonna be. I can't. I gotta get off the mic so we can get to the game. I'm right. excited. Yeah. We got that game now. Then, then let's let's break down what's happening tomorrow. Tomorrow we have the New Tomorrow York Mets. We have a problem for the New York Mets. We sure do. And they we call can, the, the Giants. We're, they're called the Champs. Let's just call them the Champs. Yeah. You know the Giants are twenty-five to one to win the World Series right now. I'm not surprised. Five hundred dollars bring you back twelve-five. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. That this is this is incredible because they don't they the, don't. It's not beautiful the way that they beat no, you. No, they backdoor their way in. And they they did it again. They snuck in the playoffs. And they're a problem. You got to face Madison Bumgarner, who don't even talk about his his postseason body of work. Not just the year that they won it. No. His postseason body of work is incredible. You just have a weak link in Samarja, which I would put him on the total back end. You go Cueto, and then if you go Matt Moore, because Matt Moore just threw a gym the other day. One of several of the past his past five starts. He's killing the National League. He's killing, <laughs> and I think he's going to kill the Cubs if they make it. Yeah, I, I see this game, but now the flip side of that is that we got to see Thor Noah Syndergaard throw. Well, let's finish the matchup for people who don't know. You got the you got the New York baseball Mets, the Metropolitans, mm-hmm. hosting the San Francisco baseball Giants, and uh, that's going to be tomorrow night in Flushing, uh, uh, New York, in Queens, huh? 
<laughs> and uh, you need to bring out your pizza pie because this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, the problem with the Giants is they like to not score runs. And, and and the thing that I'm hanging on to is my preseason prediction that the Giants were going to go to the World Series in the sense that they have experience. And 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 nobody wants to say this, but I think they got the best coach in baseball. Yeah. Bruce Bochy knows how to win. He and does. I've talked to a lot of players who love playing for Bruce Bochy. I'm very interested to see what Thor comes to the table with because Thor's been lights out the last few times out. And recently he's uh He's been lights out, but then there was that stretch where I don't know if his arm went dead or what. It was that bone chip that he, he had. Yeah, a bone spur. Yeah. And he's just pitching around it right now. But the thing of it is that what the Giants understand, especially in situations like this, is that they need to take pitches, foul pitches off. You get his pitch count up. You get him out of the game. And then you get to that mediocre bullpen. And therein lies the problem. Same thing with the Giants, though. The Giants have a well below. <laughs> Even though those kids they brought up have been yeah. have been effective. Yeah, the kids have been effective. But who but, knows if they'll be effective when the lights are on. Right. And the Although ma- the lights have been on for the past two weeks for them to even make the playoffs. Yeah, but you're going to Sergio Romo to close the games, and you have to go. Sergio Romo or Familia? I'm taking Familia. Familia's mean. He is, but Sergio Romo, for some reason, people can't lay off that weak slider. <laughs> it's weak. He got, I've, I've been he got, watching he got it for Miguel like, Cabrera with it. Come on, man. I've been watching it for like seven years now. He you gets get, people with that slide you piece. You get Miggy, man. You can you get, get anybody. anybody. So I can't knock him anymore. Um, I'm very excited about that. Now, then the winner of that game flies to Chicago to be hosted by the, uh, the Chicago Cubs, who are the all-out favorites to win the World Series. Well, you know what? Um, the Giants can beat the Cubs. I don't think I, the Mets can. The Mets, I don't I don't think the Mets have enough starting pitching. No. Especially with Syndergaard throwing this game. Yeah. Uh you need I don't even think Syndergaard gets to go twice then in the division series. No. And everybody well, else is busted. Go, he'll go twice, but it's twice enough in that situation and you might be down. You know what I'm saying? They you it's true though. You might not go twice. You could get swept. It's only a five-game yeah, series. Five this games. is what's so beautiful yeah. about Major League Baseball. It's true. Is that you're not messing around like like basketball where you get seven games. The the underdog has a chance in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. So we got that series, and then we got the Boston Red Sox versus the Indians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor Indians. <laughs> in a world full of Indians. <laughs> One team will seek to eliminate them all. Now, I don't know, though, is it Cleveland's year? Did King James turn the beat around for the city of Cleveland? Maybe. They got they have one of the best coaches in baseball. They sure do. And he knows how to win. Tito knows how to win. They actually have a decent bullpen with Andrew Miller there. I'm not a firm believer in Cody Allen shutting you down. No. but And, and they their arms. The I don't know. Pitching. Trevor Trevor Bauer dealt the other day. Yeah, he's inconsistent. And then you, Danny Salazar. I mean, I don't, they're talking about bringing Danny Salazar back, and I have no idea kidding? why. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what they're saying. Yeah, I guess they get their money's worth. Throw his arm out, right? <laughs> I guess so. But Corey Kluber is a guy I think you can count on. And they're talking game two, David Price versus Corey Kluber, and I probably take Corey Kluber in that situation. I'm not. I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, although that, David which is, Price which is, eventually has to win a game. <laughs> I, I was going to say that's saying a lot for you who doesn't like David Price, but. They're going to be in Cleveland. No, don't say that. I like David Price. He just doesn't get it done. I, You know, he had a pretty much a four ERA this year. Um, it's not getting it done. And, and, I mean, I don't think that Cleveland's ready for Rick Porcello. I watch Cleveland, and I watch a lot of their games this year. Other than that crazy winning streak that they had, 15, 17 games, whatever that was, mm-hmm. they like to come from behind and win. I don't think that's going to work on Boston because you can't outlast Boston. No, they're built to last. Those guys, they might have the best lineup in baseball. They, that lineup is silly. 
with that kid that they brought Ben Attendee. Oh man. Oh man. At, Pedroia in, leading in a, it off in a nine hole. Man, come on, dude. Mookie, the, you got several MVP candidates in their lineup. Well, you know what? They have a mixture of the the American League, National League. Style, sure do. You know, they don't need the three one bomb, no. but they can hit it. Yeah, and they still bases. They still bases. They play the small defense, ball. They'll bump. Forget about it. You know, yeah, <laughs> the defense, the defense is, is airtight. 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 The ball's not dropping in the outfield no. if it's catchable. Ben Attendee's playing left, and he's a center fielder. Come on, man. Yeah, Mookie Betts and right. Mookie can play center. Yeah, Mookie can play center. Jackie Jackie Bradley and center. Come on, man. They, these guys are legit. Xander Bogarts giving you a nice shortstop. They're yeah. tied up the middle. Pedroia. Sander Leon. Come on, man. Nice. And Ram at first. I said it was I said early this year, I said it was going to be the Red Sox and the Giants. Uh, and you know what? My hope is still alive, but the Texas Rangers could be standing in the way of that. <laughs> and, I, and I tell you, the only team that, in my opinion, in the National League that the Dodgers don't want to see is the San Francisco Giants. Yes. I, That's their kryptonite. You, you got San Francisco. I mean, you got the Dodgers who are opening up on the road against the Washington Nationals. You get, a great, you get a great, great matchup in that first game on Friday. You do. You get Kershaw versus Scherzer. Kershaw on the road. I personally think the Nationals are about to get carved. How many total runs? You know what? Maybe, maybe six. You're going six? Wow. Maybe. And, then, you know, I'm going to tell you why. Not from number 22. I mean, you're going to be lucky to get two off of Kershaw. Lucky. Scherzer gives up runs. And 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 also, but see, it's so hard with Mad Max. Mad Max can mess around and strike out 15 dudes. <laughs> Kershaw. He can too. You might you I, might talking, be looking at a, a three one game. I'm looking at three one. I'm looking at three one for the Dodgers. The only thing that they have, which is the X factor for them, is Daniel Murphy. But he's but Daniel he's Murphy injured. hasn't had any at bats in like two weeks now. Yeah, yeah, he is the X factor because he can hit Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, and he's shown yeah, that. Yeah, he's shown that multiple times. Mm-hmm. That's a good and that, point, and I think that's the reason why they got him. You know, I agree, and I also believe though on the flip side, I'd be surprised. I would love to know what Adrian Gonzalez averages against Max Scherzer mm. because Adrian Gonzalez seems like the kind of guy that can hit Max Scherzer. And they have speed guys who I think can give him a problem. I think Corey Seager's going to – I'm looking for a big October out of Corey Seager. But let me ask you this. What about your boy Andrew Tolls? Man, don't even get me started <laughs> on that young man. He looks like he's Rick Ross's long-lost child. Uh, but he is dealing on, on the field. You see what I did there? That dude, Andrew Tolls, plays the game the right way. You hear people say that he plays the game the way that you are taught to play the game, the way that the scouts want to see you play the game when you're trying to get to the show or become a professional baseball player. It's true. He does it all, man. And I, I really applaud Dave Roberts for giving him a chance to play. Yeah, give that kid a shot. He gave uh, he gave a couple of those kids. Colberson? Yeah. And now this is where I wonder, though, because with the inconsistency of the Dodgers lineup, meaning you don't know which lineup is going to roll out, what's going to happen to a Puig? You know, what's going to happen to a... This is when, for me, Puig has to sit down. I mean, because Puig has shown you what he does in the playoffs. I, I mean, he he gives us the Puig. I'm not mad at him, but he has a hole. He has holes in his swing. And somebody like Max Scherzer is oh, going no, to no, He's not going to... He can't, he can't he's go gonna against eat Mad him. Max. He's going to eat his lunch. He's going to eat his lunch. He can go against some of the other national stars. Gio though. Gonzalez. But you know, it's funny. The Dodgers can't hit lefties. So Gio might be the one to get them the victory. Yeah. True story. And I don't really feel like their bullpen is airtight. Mark Melanson ended up with like 46, 47 saves or something like that. I've seen Mark Melanson in trouble. 
And if I got to go Melanson or Ken Lee, I'm going with Ken Lee. Ken Lee. And also, besides Ken Lee, <laughs> the Dodgers got that that big bullpen, man. They got the they, got they shut you down. Game. And you're talking about the Hordes going Clayton Kershaw. You really don't need them. Yeah, <laughs> but first he ain't going to pitch every game. Yeah, but that first game, you're talking about them getting some rest. The game, but you know what? They've been getting some rest. This yeah, is a week. Yeah, this but, is the, everybody's had not playing from Sunday till Friday. That's a long time off. Let me tell you something. The X factor for this Washington national team is that kid, Trey Turner. Sure is. He can change everything. Because if speed, he can figure out how to get on base. All he needs to do is get on base with Kershaw. It. That's it. And, and it's a problem. And it's a problem. It's a problem. And then, and then he can serve up a Rendon type. Yeah, because he steals bags. Yeah. It's easier to steal third off of a lefty than it is to steal first, but it's I mean that he, kid Trey Turner is legit. And if it wasn't for Corey power Seager, and speed. if it wasn't for Corey Seager, he'd win the, the rookie of the year. Yeah. And he plays good defense. They they're they're plugging and playing him all over the place. That kid's he's he's gonna be something special. I'd look for him to go high rounds in my draft next yeah. year. Woo wee. Woo-wee. Man, Major League Baseball, folks. You heard it here. It's about to go down. You know what else you heard here? It's one of the most delicious things you can ever put in your mouth. It is called a clean snack. Go to melissasproduce.com and check out the coconut clean snacks. That's just my favorite. They have other ones, cranberry, quinoa, lots of different flavors. This is a healthy treat. It is stone cold delicious, folks. I promise you. Look for it. Look for it at your local health food store. Clean snacks. All right. Well, I want to wrap it up. Uh, you know, I want to talk about this Ben Simmons character. Can yeah. you believe this? This is terrible for the Phillies. It, or, or the the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, yeah, the Phil- <laughs> I well, think the Phillies the Phil- might be fine about it. They, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think they were planning to start him in the field. Baseball glued to the brain, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, this kid has what could potentially be this Jones fracture, and uh, taking down a lot of great players. Kevin Durant that's almost a- took him out. Yeah. Let's let's hear what the doctor has to say about this situation. Right. Doctor Plants, how you feeling out there, sir? You're live on the Ozone. Oh, uh, you guys are offshore again in a boat, so nobody can track you or what? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're trying to avoid Zika. We're calling you to figure out if this mosquito that just bit me is a Zika or a, a yellow fever, a dengue. <laughs> One, it doesn't like ex-baseball players. Two, <laughs> take a look at it, go out there and grab it or its buddy, and if it's got stripes on it and you're bit in the daytime, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> Good to know. Doc, talk to me. Good to know. Life is uh, life is happening fast, and this NBA season is just about to start. And this kid, who I actually hung out with in Miami, uh, uh, I mean, and he looks like a baby when you see him. Number one draft pick, this kid Ben Simmons. They're talking about this Jones fracture on his foot. Can you enlighten our listeners to exactly what that is? My goodness, enlighten! I did. did. That's what <laughs> you, you do. New getting, word. Getting, you shed the light. What have you been doing? You been you picked up a, a thesaurus and tried to come up with words that kind of trick everybody. I got them posted <laughs> on my forehead right now. <laughs> okay. And your brother's giving you hand signals. That's what right. it is. <laughs> From the dugout. <laughs> we want you to steal third. I, I don't feel sorry at all. Um, yeah, Jones fractures are, they've been around for a long, long time, longer than at least me, maybe not as long as Omar. But they, um, <laughs> and bad knees. They're really not. They're not really uncommon. I see them all the time, and the age makes no difference. You know, it's a fracture. I don't know if you're familiar with what a metatarsal is, and since you're talking about this, you probably looked it up. Um, Unfortunately, I've broken one like, myself, so I looked it up. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's that kind of long bone between the ankle or the the 
the calcaneus bone, which is your heel bone, to the toe. And um, and Latin guys are really cool. Everybody should look up when somebody throws a term at you medically. Just look it up what it means. Those guys were so smart, man. They they named stuff for what it looked like, like in the pituitary off subject. Pituitary gland sits in something called the salaturska. If you look at it from the side, it looks like a Turkish saddle. Oh wow! So these guys—that's what that means in Latin. So they're pretty bright guys. Um, but the the Jones fracture, you know, has probably been around forever. They just Dr. Jones back in the early 1900s, first one to actually describe it, and. The way that long bone is on the side of the foot, it has something called a tubercle. And a tubercle on a bone is like where something is physiologically, chronically getting stressed, like a tendon attaches there or a ligament, and it pulls on it so the bone kind of grows this little bump there to kind of support and give extra reinforcement to the tendon or ligament as it attaches. And it's pretty cool. The um, uh, Jones fractures, you know, they occur... Well, anyway, it's caused by just some kind of unusual strain on that by outside part of the foot. Basketball players, I see it a lot when they go way up and they come down hard on the side of their foot because some jerk is trying to get underneath them when they're getting a rebound mm. and it causes the foot down. Strange. Um, and that kid's I a high flyer. A little, he rolled yeah. his ankle. Yeah, they thought he rolled his ankle. Yeah. They just thought it was a bad sprain at first. And, and if, if they actually more of these low sprains, low ankle sprains versus a high ankle sprain, they probably form, find more microscopic fractures in the foot. Most commonly, though, it used to be you know, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it was called a March fracture, which is similar, but it's more in the body of the bone. Um, the ends of the bones, metathesis and diaphysis, the proximal is more where it occurs or the closest to the heel. Um, March fractures were because in boot camp, they would wear boots that actually had large heels, and those rubber or solid heels would actually hit the middle of the side of the foot there on the outside. So when they marched on gravel or just hard surfaces, it actually stressed there, and they did a march fracture right in the middle of that side of the foot, which is, is really probably more common for me to see than actually, um, you know, a Jones fracture. Because um, march fractures, I see it with people who, you know, decide at 50 years old they want to become a martial arts expert or run marathons. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what Kool-Aid they're drinking, but <laughs> the, um, the the Jones fracture, most of them I see, and I treat a lot of pro, college, high school, semi-pro and weekend warriors um, like Omar and I, The um, <laughs> that where they, if you take a look at it, and I'm not going to mention Phil's name, but if you look at some of the uh, the shoes that are made to this day, when I was in track and football and played baseball in the 60s and 70s, the shoes were, they had a square heel. So it's just square. You know I mean? Do you know what I mean? Straight up and down, perpendicular at 90 degrees. Um, Rockports had great shoes. They were always square. Nike had great shoes. I used Adidas mostly when I was running. And the heels are, you know, kind of square. So that you're, you're not changing the arch of the foot or the, or, the, or the stride and impact of the foot. What happens is now everybody's buying these. Um, I'll get to the Jones fracture in a second. But the, what happens physiologically is they've now got these wafer shoes that are put up by a lot of the companies where actually the shoe is, you know, like a pyramid. It's waved out. It's wide at the bottom and comes narrow to the heel. So if you can picture that and draw a line, you'll see that the top of that pyramid is right about where your Achilles tendon sits. Mm. That's like trying to balance a basketball on a pyramid. You're wow. not going to get it to happen. 
And so every stride anybody takes wearing those shoes, particularly somebody stopping and going and running and jumping, that heel is in a chronically roll. So either it's going to strain the inside or outside of the knee, the outside part of the hip, the groin, cause low back pain, but most commonly the ankle takes a brunt of the force. So you take that weight plus the velocity plus the height, and you can calculate exactly how much vector energy is going through one part of the ankle or not. And when they roll it out, maybe he's, he runs supinated and the outside of the shoe is kind of worn out and I'm forced to roll more. But if you've got a wedge-shaped shoe, you should just take them off, throw them away, and go get a squared heel. And sometimes we can talk about how to buy a shoe because athletic shoes are very important that you do the dynamics properly. They used to have what's called a coefficient of reproduction when I was doing it in the 70s. And that's where they would actually, Nike, Phil Knight, would, would actually have them check the shoes, just a few hundred shoes produced, and relook at them to see, make sure the heel cup was straight and the shoe was straight. And now if you look at them, I always tell everybody, buy, get three boxes of shoes your size, pull them out, make sure they're square heel, make sure the, the, uh, the middle of the heel cup is straight up and down, and it's not torqued to the inside or outside, because that, that causes reoccurrence of injuries. But with the pyramid, I mean, that's the biggest complication I see with these. It's... um. It's causing everybody's ankles to roll out or in. Mm. And if you just get a regular old flat, you know, nice squared heel, it's not going to happen. But you can, if you can picture, you know, a ball sitting on top of a pyramid, it's going to roll one way or the other, right? Absolutely. And I think what's happening is is that there's a lot of health that's being sacrificed for fashion at this point because the shoe business is such big think, business. Yeah, you're right. And I think they've lost the, the dynamics of the physics of it all because – you know, high-speed film vector evaluation will show you the ankle rolls and the knee angles one way or the other based on the shoe plant and where your foot strikes. Like if a person runs with, uh, say, they're a miler. And because um, I used to run sometimes in the morning with a guy named um, Steve Prefontaine. He was a little older than I was. But watch him run, and his heel strike and, and stuff wow. was perfect. In other words, his toes were almost straight. Anybody has a – there was an article I read with four inches of deviation where your toes are turned from – turned out about four inches and they run a mile, they're actually going to end up running about 10 or 12 feet further than anybody else. So you straighten it out and you get a guy who has a world record, he's going to smash it when he gets running right. Wow. But anyway, they, so they used to measure these shoes all the time and then they started coming out in the 90s with all, every coming out with these wafer shoes with the, with the wide bases and then they narrow up at the heel. Those are just dangerous, man. Then along with it comes, there's three muscles called the peroneus muscles. And there's a long one, which when you get a high ankle sprain, it's usually that one. Then you have, that's the peroneus longus. Then you have the brevis and tertius. Now, the brevis is like a low ankle sprain, but it attaches part of it right there to that tubercle of that bone. So twisting it, you usually get a sprained ankle. At the same time, you tear a few of the ligaments between the, the side of the ankle, and I won't give you all the names of it and all that stuff. Um, but it'll then sometimes just pull that bone loose. Now, usually that means that he's been doing it off and on and had micro fractures and there's a little bit of tenderness and then suddenly twist it and it breaks it. Um, so that's the big one is because of the muscle there. So that, you can re-educate the body. All my athletes that do a lot of running and jumping, I try to get them to build up their anterior tibialis and the peroneus muscles that will recreate the arts for them so that they actually have a good stride without dropping their foot and then putting more pressure on that, that bone on the outside. And it usually works pretty good. Now, with a Jones fracture, it can be a complete one, which is all the way through. It's usually anywhere from a 90 to a 45-degree angle through that bone because of the torque. 
and it could be real close to the end of the bone, which most of the time nobody really does surgery or anything or just rehab. Um, and then there's one that's kind of like in the middle of the, the tubercle, you know, just below that part. And that one and the one that's more towards the center of the foot, those fractures went complete. There's Nobody's wrong. There's at least three or four ways to treat it. Um, do you just how long it? do you expect for this kid that is going to take him to come back, do you think? He's a young kid. He's well, in the prime of his athletic life. What kind of time do you think it takes to rehab? And I do believe the kid had surgery today. How how um, old is he? Nineteen. The guy he's 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 a child. Yeah, so he probably still has. So he probably still has a growth plate, and you just have to see if it's through the epiphysis or growth plate of that bone. Um, a lot of guys don't even finish growing until they're twenty five, as I think I've told you at my office before. Yeah, um, I was one of those guys. If it's through a growth plate, if it's through the growth plate, then that means it still has blood supply. Now, read orthopedic journals. They're gonna, there's two bones in the body that kind of they think have no blood supply. One is the scaphoid bone or the navicular of the wrist. You break that, the common treatment is to watch it. If it starts to get sclerotic, that means there's no blood supply to it. It's not going to heal. It's called nonunion. They'll usually drill holes through it with a real microscopic needle uh, uh, drill and create bleeding in there so that you know, the bone bleeds a little bit and then it causes more fibroblasts and osteoblasts, all this stuff that makes it heal faster. That's a pretty good way to go if you know if somebody's good at it. Um, so on the, the Jones fracture, what I'd usually do is, it, and it depends, you, you've been to my office, if they're just Joe Blow and they're not going to be trying to get back and it's not their career, I, we, I can take a little bit more time. Usually I put a walking boot on them, and the only thing I hate about that is that people will use it and walk on it when they're not supposed to. Um, sometimes a cast and tell them to use a crutch for about 10 to 14 days, and then you want to re-X-ray it within that period to see if you blow it up, if there's mild calcification occurring, which, you know, where the bone starts to heal again. So if you start to see a little bit of the bone start to heal, then you don't want to go in there and do surgery. And at 18 or 19 years old, you know, I know the doctors and some trainers with the sports clinics, you know, that affiliate with major league, anything, they, they, they you get paid good. You know, go in there and surgically fix it. So I haven't seen the fracture, so I can't say if he should or shouldn't have. Now, it depends if they put a wire in there, if they put a screw in there. Um, I found that unless a screw is really needed, that there's a lot of prolonged disability that occurs. I've seen a lot of scarring, you know, a few years down the road. I've seen them get neuropathies because the, the ligaments and the fibrous tissue around that holds everything together there gets scarred and gets more stiff. Um, so it, it all depends. Me personally, if it's, it's, if it's right at the tip of the bone and he's young, I just put a boot on it, watch it, and recheck it. If it's right in the kind of just past that, towards more towards the end of the tubercle, then you have to recheck the x-ray. And I do it in like seven days. If it looks like it's starting to scar down and heal, then, then don't do any surgery. But, Doc, the kid right already had surgery. We're, we're, you're giving us the full medical display, which makes me wonder. I mean, you really don't sound like you know anything about this. I don't know why you called in. But... More importantly, yeah, I, don't, I don't. I know very little about it. I've only been doing this since thirty-seven. Years. <laughs> um, about as long as I've been on the planet. But my question is, with this kid, there's been a lot of controversy as to when he'll be able to play, and there's a lot of word. They're saying eight weeks. Some people are saying more than a year. Right. What Jim wants him to sit out for for a, a full year a because full year. there was another superstar who who did this and tried to come back too quickly, and it it almost ruined his career. So in a, in a very quick well, sum normal, up, what do you think? Normally, it's six to eight weeks. Um, but again, you have to look at the callus at six to eight weeks and see if it's callus, if it's unionized completely. If it's a non-union, 
you know, then he's going to get kicked out of SAG. Never come back. But I'm going to tell you right, yeah, right. If it, if um, the way to speed it up, if you want to, even with a wire in there or a screw, if they've done surgery already, is to go in and use and it's a, a bone stimulating device. They have them. It's it, they charge like nine hundred, twelve hundred bucks for these things. I opened mine up find out why it was so expensive so one or two nine volt batteries you can buy at the store with two wires <laughs> that go right to the leads welcome and to so america it's a three dollar machine for for 1200 bucks so i just have my patients get nine volt batteries and literally recreate something called the piezos currents so if he's on a cat not wearing a cast not putting any stress on it in that time frame you don't create the crystal kind of current that occurs with bones and what will happen is it just delays the slowing. So as soon as possible, to start using it and maybe get a bone stimulator. Bone stimulators are phenomenal. Now, I, you know, I don't know what kind of surgery they did that. I'll, after I talk to you, I'll Google and see what they did. Um, I, you know, it's always hurry up and get him to play. You know, if you get a guy and you treat him right, even if it takes a year, he'll be a better player. If he's strong enough and they check the muscle integrity of those two, those three muscles, the pronus longus brevis and tertius, and he's good, and there's no sensitivity. But let me tell you how to diagnose this quick without an X-ray. If it's a complete fracture, you get a, a C tuning fork, bing it on something, and then put it right on where you think the fracture is. The nerves around there, the periosteal nerves, are very sensitive, mm -hmm. and somebody will scream like you just stabbed them. And that usually means it's broken. But um, I think six or eight weeks, if they did surgery, that's normal. Eight weeks is normal for anybody that's having surgery. But if they don't have surgery and they heal up real fast, you can look at him probably being able to exercise in a normal person by three weeks, four weeks. Well, and Doc, then once those muscles are strengthened. Remind you know, me to not to get on your, on your bad side. And I would also not like to see what happens in your bedroom. But I am uh, <laughs> very, very happy that you had time to call in. Thank you for enlightening the listeners and blessing us with your medical knowledge. Hope you're having a good day out there, Doc. And I'm going to be in to see you soon. My knee's still swollen. Get in here, dude. Quit traveling so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. We'll catch you soon. You know Thank you. You know I'm a grandfather. You know I've got another granddaughter, right? I heard. Congratulations. Congrats. I heard. Yes. Keep that it's clan good. growing. I love it. All right, bro. Well, I'll see you when you come in. All right, now. All right, talk thanks. To you soon, Doc. We, we hit them on all angles here, folks. And if you, Very thorough. If you are a medical student, then you really enjoyed that 30-minute diatribe about the Jones fracture. Me, myself, I just wanted to know when Ben Simmons was coming back to play. I still don't know, <laughs> but I can tell you how to inflict some serious pain with a tuning fork and wow. a broken angle. That's crazy. That's wild. Wow. Well, but just summing it up on the ticks and the the the, the quick tips uh, because that was pretty thorough. Did you see that guy out at the Ryder Cup that that uh, that jumped uh, on yeah. and made that putt? Called him out. And Unbelievable. He came through. This guy was Happy Gilmore heckling guys out on the tour. And they said, you know what, buddy, smart guy, you're so good. Why don't you come out and show us how to sink a putt? They pulled out $100 bills. They tried to put the pressure on him. By they tried that, to put yeah, the pressure on him. that C-note down on him. And he came out and balled. The guy came out and dropped a 13-foot putt. That, nobody does that. That was great. And he knew it off the top. He knew it. He went crazy as soon as he did. Yeah, yeah. Good for that guy. Good for America winning the Ryder Cup. Um, very surprised that Barry Bonds was fired as the hitting coach for the Miami right. Marlins. They're saying that him and Don didn't really get along, and him and Giancarlo didn't get along. They're saying, "Well, they're you saying to go." They're saying the players are the, the players had no. They said that the players had no uh, bearing on his hiring, but did have a, a, a bearing on his firing, and that's a big deal, right? You know, and uh, 
for a guy like Barry Bonds, I think one of the major problems might be that he still wants to play, probably. And he still knows he can play. Yeah. And that's a, that's just, you know, and he's got that. they to get him out the league. Yeah, that, that sour taste in his mouth. Yeah. Uh, it sucks. Uh, man, I, I hate to hear that. I hope, I'm glad he got reintroduced to baseball, and I hope he gets to stick around. Right, So they, because, you know, they will give you that Pete Rose. They will. Now, the final thing I wanted to cover is, how about Tyson Fury? What's wrong with Tyson Fury? It's a head case. And, you know, I mean, they say that his his uncle says that one thing that drove him, for anybody that doesn't know, Tyson Fury, who last year beat uh, Vladimir Klitschko, or this year, beat, was it this year? It was this year. No. Earlier this year? It was last year. Yeah. Beat Vladimir Klitschko and uh, and took all his belts and proceeded to sing Can You Feel the Love Tonight in the ring. Uh, hasn't really been able to train or do anything properly since then to get in the remix. The remix or the remix, or a rematch, which is what I'm trying to say. I'm still thinking of the metatarsal on the third and the fifth metatarsal. And if you want to have a tuning for it, then you pull out a 9-volt battery. But so what, I, what, I, what I'm trying to figure out here is what happens, and then you come find, you wake up one morning, and you check on Shannon the Cannon Briggs' Instagram page, and Let's he says, <laughs> Say it ain't so, champ. <laughs> You're testing positive for cocaine, champ. <laughs> Tyson Fury tested positive for cocaine and I think some other drugs, and they're going to strip him of his belt. And now it looks like Anthony Joshua is going to fight uh, for Vlad, fight for those belts with Vladimir Klitschko, and that could be a good fight because that kid Joshua is hungry. Yeah, he's a problem. He and he's super athletic. And if Klitschko comes in like he came in against Fury, he's going to go to sleep. Yeah, he's going to get put to sleep. Uh, he's got heart, but he's been through too many wars. He's been around for a long time, and it's just hard to get up for fights once you start living good like that. You're living good, and, and boxing isn't a sport. Just like hip-hop, it's not something you do after you're successful. It's very difficult to do successfully after you are successful. So that's a that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, that's about all that I have for you. Do you have anything else to, to bring uh, up? That was pretty thorough. I mean, especially our medical knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody can ever front on that. Nah, man. I mean, we we hit you on all angles. Come on, we got we have uh, we we have a plethora of knowledge on our team on the Ozone. Ah, well, I'm gonna leave you here. With, he's gonna go to sleep. Yeah, he'll get put to sleep. Uh, he's got heart, but he's been through too many wars. He's been around for a long time, and it's just hard to get up for fights once you start living good like that. You're living good, and and boxing isn't a sport. Just like hip hop, it's not something you do after you're successful. It's very difficult to do successfully after you are successful. So that's a that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that's about all that I have for you. Do you have anything else to, to bring uh, up? That was pretty thorough. I mean, especially our medical knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody can ever front on that. Nah, man. I mean, we, we hit you on all angles. Come on. We got we have uh, we we have a plethora of knowledge on our team on the Ozone. Ah, <sighs> well, I'm going to leave you here with a quote from the great Mahatma Gandhi. It is the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Wow. You put that in your pipe and smoke it. We'll talk to you after a little bit of baseball. I'm excited to go out and watch. Ladies and gentlemen in the Ozone, keep your head up. We'll catch you soon.